Welcome back to Radicalize Me, an activist podcast. We're trying to be happy this week. I'm trying to take some solace in the fact that the coup failed. And uh, by the time you hear this, I believe the Electoral College, uh, that shitty, undemocratic relic of the slavery era, will, will have cast their votes officially, making Joe Biden the next president. Most importantly, this means Trump will officially not be president come January 21st. Let's take that small win, however insufficient and insufficient it is. Not going to lie, I uh, have not been feeling great. Uh, in my current creative work, like this podcast, I've tried to make my content more focused on the world around me and what I can do for it and what you can do for it, too, and less about my own struggles. But I do think it's important to be open about this stuff and be honest about how the world's fucking problems make us feel. Ultimately, we're leftists because we want people's lives to get better. We want people to feel better. So we need to talk about it. I haven't felt great. Uh, my depression is definitely making a comeback and uh, struggling to get a handle on it. I'm a strong believer in the environmental factors of depression. I do think chemical imbalance is real. You know, I take medications. I believe they can help. Uh, but I do think environmental factors can cause a lot of those physical indicators and the other symptoms. I highly recommend the book Lost Connections, Uncovering the Real Causes of Depression by Johan Hari for more on this topic. I want to change the environment. I find myself thinking and saying a lot lately that I don't want to live in this country anymore. And I'm not sure I can just write that off as a depression-related repeating thought. You know, I caught on to the bullshit in this country early on during the W. Bush years. I've learned a lot since then, of course, but, you know, I, I, I sensed it then. And I never really felt any better about it. You know, there were a few moments where it looked like things might turn around. Uh, Obama at the, at, the, at the start. Bernie. And, you know, there are good things in motion that I, I that's why I do the show. I'm trying to tell you about those things. But here we are in hell world. And I'm really starting to consider how bad things have to get here before I don't put up with it anymore. Of course, it would be hard to move to another country because I have no money and no career to speak of. But who knows? Maybe things will change and... Year from now, I'll be coming at you from Toronto. I also live in a place uh, that is, you know, a bit a bit expensive. Uh, our, our place is not bad for where we live. It's a it's pretty pretty good price actually, but it's still a lot. Um, and uh, you know, th certainly right now, I don't feel <laughs> I don't feel any need to to live in a major city. Um, I could live near one uh, or in, you know, some other part of the city. I don't know. I I just uh, want something where we can hopefully pay less, but it, but get more for our money really is what I want. Um, you know, I just don't get a lot of time to myself. Um, 
there's just not enough room. There's not enough space in our fucking place. Like our place, you know, it's okay. It's, it's really, it's not bad. Um, but like, man, it'd be nice to have a basement again. Fucking <laughs> some separate room where I can record right now. I've got my desk set up. We have a one giant room. That's the living room. And then everything's kind of open into like the dining room area and kitchen. And then there's, you know, bedrooms closed off. That's the only fucking door that in the bathroom. <laughs> so like, you know, I can close myself in the bedroom. It was just like, basically one of us has to like close ourselves in the bedroom. If we want to like any separation <laughs> to, you know, just get time to yourself or do work or whatever. Uh, so that would be nice. I would like to have a place where I can go off and do this shit. I can play music. I can record music, uh, scream and <laughs> my wife doesn't have to hear about it. We got a room divider, so that's something we got a little soundproofing, but, uh, doesn't cut it, you know? We all live in these little fucking boxes, and I think it's driving us crazy. Especially because, you know, I think it drives us crazy in normal times. And now we all have to, like, be in our fucking houses all the time. And who knows, like, (laughs) vaccines are going out, I guess. But, like, I don't know when I'm going to get it. I don't know when things are going to be. Like, it's just a shit show in this place, in this country. Anyway, I'm working on it, working on the depression shit, uh, I just can't imagine right now spending the rest of my life in a place where it's impossible to build anything for myself. Other countries have their problems, you know? Um, But I think the U S is truly heading for a a fascist takeover near total collapse and civil war. And it's already happening. A couple of small announcements here. Uh, First thing. So the show um, is not, it's not going to be ending. I think we might do a season break. Uh, at some point, but we've got, you know, you're, you're hearing this one. There's going to be a, a, at least like two more coming soon. They might not come out every week, but you know, you'll, you'll get them pretty soon. Um, and then, yeah, then we'll see, you know, maybe I'll have time to bank a few more interviews and stuff, but, uh, I'm going to be taking a, an audio class. So I'm going to be uh, learning how to do this shit a little better. And, uh, I am also going to be focusing on my other announcement, I'm taking the show to YouTube. The uh, the podcast itself won't be up there yet, but I'm I'm making uh, political commentary videos under under the Radicalize Me banner, and you can watch the first one now. It's called "Sorry, Jordan Peterson." Marxist professors are rare, and it's already pissed off several Jordan Peterson fans. <laughs> so help us out if you can. Uh, go go give it a watch. Give it a like. There aren't any. There's only dislikes. <laughs> Gotta get, get it in front of a uh, front of the right crowd here. My guest today is Satoyo, a comedian, dancer, raconteur, and just all around good guy who I know from Philly. So let's get right to the interview, and I'll be back for the mid-show segment. Doing okay. Um, yeah. 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 You know, I've uh, 
managed to hold on to most of my work hours um, just okay. working from home. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, you know, doing a podcast, making music. Um, okay. So, you know. Right. You are, you are, uh, you're married now, yeah? I am, yeah. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And we're glad we did it, uh, you know, before this started. Um, sure. It was definitely, um, you know, I, I can imagine, uh, y- you know, getting a pretty anxious about uh, any sort of hospital situation happening. If, and if, and we weren't, you know, legally <laughs> connected. Yeah, yeah that so. would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I had the flu and pneumonia, like, real bad right when this started so like great that's the that would be the worst time to have those two things yeah so like i you know of course thought i had it for a minute um was in the hospital and uh you know yeah so basically i i started um quarantining like a week or two before my my work closed um so it was like right on schedule wow so wait where are you working at now um, I teach, well, I teach, you know, in a couple of capacities, but, uh, most of my hours are with school of rock. Okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, they have locations everywhere. I, right. I actually started at one in, in, um, South Jersey before I came here. Yeah. Well, you're in Massachusetts now. Yeah. Yeah. In Boston. Nice. Yeah. How do you like it over there? It is really nice. Um, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause last year was um you know an introductory year to living here <laughs> and right, uh right. i you know we live in jp which is a, a little you know set back from like center central boston yeah and i work out in the suburbs so like i kind of didn't see much of boston last year and now right. i don't see much of anything but my apartment <laughs> so, right now you just see your apartment yeah yeah um so it's weird it I, I barely feel like I live in Boston, but our, our area is really nice. So I, I at least have a nice space here. There's a lot of nature. Good. It's cool. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. What? How about you? What's uh, what's going on? I mean, you know, uh, they, you know, the Trump said, I don't believe in germs and diseases. Uh, so everything that I was doing went away. <laughs> so I had to. <laughs> So I had to had to mobilize pretty quickly, figure some shit out. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, I'm thinking because so. you did. I know you. Um, you know, you do stand up, and then you did like dance instruction. Is that right? Yep. So I yeah, imagine so that's what it is. So for the past like years, so it was mostly stand up. Okay. And also by that point, I was pretty. I was pretty much the the, the full time thing. Wow. You know. So, and then uh, and then it changed. So, right. you know, <laughs> so that I had to change with it. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, you know, have you have you like uh, shifted gears or like are you doing Zoom shows? How, how's it going? Uh, yeah, there was the Zoom shows and everything. I mean, but it's not the by and large, that stuff isn't as profitable. Yeah. Uh, also, it's it's kind of like, you know, people say, you know, like. People who hate like the idea of like masturbation, right, because they feel like, <laughs> well, it doesn't compare to the real thing. To yeah, me, I'm like yeah. Zoom is even worse than that. If you yeah. if you have low <laughs> opinions of masturbation and you're an advocate of sex, 
Zoom right. comedy is it's it Zoom comedy is the only time like you know you hear those people they say oh I masturbate and I feel guilty afterward. I don't uh -huh. understand those people. But after <laughs> having done Zoom, I'm like oh I get what you're saying because I right. do feel a bit dirty. Yeah, yeah, no, it reminds me of your bit actually. It's like trying to masturbate without porn. Right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, this it's is, like yo, I need stimulants. I, even... I can't just be doing this shit on my own. So telling uh telling the, a computer some jokes to some people who sometimes you can't hear them right is it it's a it's a win they're like do 20 <laughs> you know give, <laughs> give me this high give me a feature set give me a hot 25 yeah it'll test you, you know? yeah how so i i you know tuned in for one zoom show I, you know i was i was on the um list and mm -hmm. I watched one act and bailed. I was like, yeah. I, this is not happening. <laughs> but, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. You are you are right not to hurt yourself. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean I felt like it turned into kind of a um conversation between like the performer and the host. Um sure. is that like is that common to the host kind of like Try to depends, keep the momentum. Depends on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so there are some shows where it's like it's kind of meant to be a free for all, and they'll have people watching, and it's meant to kind of, and it can be fun if you open the room up and you permit laughter. Right. That can be enjoyable. Initially, when everything hit, man, it was just kind of like no one really knew the technology because he hadn't had to really use it. So the Zoom shows did get better. Yeah. It's still a Zoom show though. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it doesn't come. So and also what I found is like you get I get tired a lot easier because you're ex you're giving out all this energy. Right. And what satiates you normally with comedy is getting that energy back. So it keeps yeah. you up. Whereas when you're doing it through a computer screen, you're not getting nearly the same energy back. Yeah. So after you're done, there is like you're fatigued. Whereas <laughs> normally after you're done, you're you're jazz, especially right. if it went well. Right. Yeah. That energy keeps you going through all, you know, like the tr transportation and, and yep. whatever bullshit you have to do to get to the stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah oddly sitting, <laughs> sitting at home is more exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, insulting. You're tired from your house. It's offensive. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but yeah, I saw that there's, um, uh, some some outdoor stuff going on with punchline and all that um, there was yeah there yeah. was some outdoor stuff i mean but philly got put on the try this part of the tri-state got put on lockdown again oh right uh, because the cases were just kind of flying you know like yeah philly new york opened up a little bit and you know we was out and he was out here fucking without condoms so i said <laughs> right. shut it down um so we're back in lockdown for until january 1st hmm. so it was uh so for about three months, three, three and a half months, we were having some fun a yeah. little bit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean I I imagine like I think the the lockdown helps almost it, it, mostly in like a psychological way, mm -hmm. right? It's like you know there's a you know it's a lockdown, so you like are gonna be more careful because no matter what the situation, I feel like your your brain's gonna like push it to the limit. It's gonna get comfortable, and then like yep. you know start start pushing the limits a little bit. So you gotta like have limits. Cause yeah, you do. Yeah, you know, Cause I you, still cause you like, want to. You want to. It's like okay, I'm gonna get. Uh, let's get a little riskier. Right. You're like, and yeah, I've behavior, been fine. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's the thing. And some of us, I mean, even though I was going out for comedy, um, 
you know, when when my name was called. Uh, but for the most part, I stay pretty sedentary. Uh, but, you know, for some people, it really did. It did show me very, very much how some people can't stand to be inside. And and that um, and uh, keep in mind, like inside in good situations, I'm not even right. talking about people who are inside in potentially abusive situations or the housing was not good. I'm talking about people that had a nice living situation and how it would literally drive them insane to the point that once things started to open up a little bit with outdoor dining and everything, motherfuckers lost their mind. I mean, they were <laughs> out here. You know, right. and I live in Center City. So these castles like, yo, you couldn't tell them pandemic where <laughs> when now all the businesses were doing the best that they could. But uh, no, people were out here, man. And initially it wasn't it was very disheartening because you knew it was bringing out the worst people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You knew I was like, you guys aren't taking you're not tipping the staff. You're going to be disrespectful. Yeah. And sure enough, it was bringing out some of the worst people initially. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I forget that other places are locked down again because, um, you know, we have limits and stuff, but uh, it's been open for a bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, with the Zoom shows, I heard, though, that, um, I would, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it doesn't pay as much, but what I heard from someone is that... Um, it's like, oh, now I'm getting paid for every uh, set that I do, which is unusual. Yes. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> yeah, so it's, money. It's, for... It was nice in that regard. You were getting paid while at the house. So yeah. the return. So you weren't getting paid nearly as much. That is important to note. At the same time, you there like it was realistically you do two Zoom shows that pay you or three Zoom shows that pay you. You have spent no gas. Right. You are buying no food. You're not tipping anyone. You're not doing anything like that. Money just goes right into the Venmo or right. the PayPal or whatever. And that's that, you know? Yeah. Um, so no, it had those benefits. I want to be, or have we started? I don't want, I don't want to be. I, I tend, yeah, I, I hit record okay. like, you know, when we started, okay. but okay. yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, but so, uh, so okay, okay, cool. But yeah, no, generally, initially there was something really, really nice about, yo, I made 70 bucks tonight. Right. And I didn't, you know, I get used to this. The issue with it was, is that it was still Zoom. So it's like, and also it was Zoom and, you know, it's hard to sustain that. Right. The idea of consistently paying people, which is the right thing to do. You need to pay performers, especially because some of us were doing this shit professionally. So it's very important. Um, It became a hard thing. And what was interesting is that, that when things started to open back up, it really tested how much you cared about what you were doing in that, you know, there's less, there's going to be less opportunity. There's going to be less money. So imagine, you know, you can't really imagine the money getting worse in comedy, but we found a way (laughs) and we always find a way. Um, But that wasn't even the point. The point was literally getting up there and connecting with the audience Right. And having to get this shit off like and for me, it kind of took me back to like the core essence of why I wanted to do comedy uh, when I realized I wanted to do it was 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 to have fun with people in the audience. Right. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I think it was uh, definitely a kind of 
line in the sand for for people who you know obviously so like someone like yourself who was making your living doing it it's like you're gonna find a way to keep doing it um uh, you know especially if it's it you know you obviously still enjoy it it's not like you're, you're looking for some other career but like uh for other people like myself included i feel like this hit and i was like I don't know. I I I like stand up and I'd like to do it again, but it definitely wasn't important enough for me to do Zoom shows to like well, find yeah, any way to you do know, it. That's the thing, and I don't even fault anyone in that because is that stand up, right? The Zoom show is is it's the and listen, there's good Zoom shows aren't going anywhere. So <laughs> now by default, it is a part of the 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 lexicon of stand up comedy. I mean, right. that just is the reality. Um, but you know, it does make you oh, I'm. I'm one of those purist motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? Like you're one of the, oh, you know, you, you prefer to be one way. Also, I do believe that as pandemic, as we were fully into pandemic and, and whether the president, uh, the lame duck president wanted to acknowledge it or not, it was something that we were having to deal with on top of a lot of the social issues. It was also apparent to me that of course I care about and love comedy and I've dedicated 11 years of my life to that. Yeah. Uh, that's 11 years. I can't get back. So, <laughs> you know, I care about it as much as anyone could. Um, having said that it was not lost on me that there were bigger things that needed to be addressed. Yeah. Um, and with, and if we didn't address those things, we could not have comedy. Right. So to me, it's like it. And again, I think it, it this did show really like, Comedy is important, right? Humor is important, but you have to check off other boxes before you can have that 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 gift, that yeah. privilege, that uh, that form of entertainment, which is what it is. It's entertainment. It's not necessarily speaking to anything bigger. It just is what it is. In order to have that bit of fun entertainment where you can get drunk and do whatever, and you know, and you know, meet people and all that, and make those connections to hopefully get your TV spot. Yo, we got to make sure that our society functions somewhat. And <laughs> yeah. this year really did a good job of showing uh, us we're not functioning. Yeah. So it was. It became incredibly apparent to me that as much as I love comedy, I can't have it back until these other things are addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think Ted Alexandro said something like, uh, uh, "Comedians, uh, comedy doesn't need you right now." <laughs> The, uh, that's that's yeah. fact. That's I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, hey man, I don't know what to tell you. If you put in any time with it, I hope you got a motherfucking catalog. Yeah. I really hope because it's like sometimes you got to put the shit down for a little bit, and, yeah. and and you go, oh, I'll never put it down. You will be forced to put it down. You will be forced to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you that's will do it. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, I definitely realized. So like, so Max Barth, who has been on the show. Uh, another Philly comic. Um, he he told me that he, uh, you know, was sort of torn for a while about whether he wanted to be a comedian or be like the funniest English teacher. You know, sure, sure, <laughs> so sure. That's that's sort of yeah. how I felt this year. Was like, I think I want to be the funniest activist instead yeah. of like the wokest comedian. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Fall. I mean, again, when you see when you see. When you see a country that's always done a good job of of disobeying the social contracts that it set, yeah, 
when you see it really start to fall apart and real, it's like, yo, you you do sort of think, oh, OK, I'm actively living in the dystopian future that I would watch on TV. <laughs> right. So it, so it does sort of prompt you and force you to be like, all right, <laughs> what, yeah. what, 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 what am I going to do here? Because right. you still have to function in society, right? You take away comedy as we knew it and it's becoming something else. Well, then, do I fit into this new thing? Do I want to fit into this new thing? And realistically, where does my attention and where does my work need to be going? Right. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's it's a a crossroads for everyone, I think. It's like, do you want to be, you know, uh, Han Solo as a uh, pirate or do you want to be right. Han Solo when he comes back to uh, help Luke fight Darth Vader, you know? Exactly. Yeah. You have to choose. <laughs> and I think that, I mean, I remember when this thing hit, my mom was telling me in February, whatever your plans are for this year, get, they're not happening. I yeah. mean, I had like, I had plans, bro. My plan was I was going to, I was going to headline good nights. I was going to do a one nighter there on a Wednesday. I was like, okay, I'm a headline at a club. In their small room, but I'm a headline that deal. Yeah. Put out an album this year. I'm in some festivals. I'm gonna go visit my mom for uh, her birthday, and she was like, "None of that's happening." <laughs> I guess because yeah. she's a medical professional, so she was like, "That's not happening." Yeah, you yeah, know, that's I... strap in, buckle. <laughs> this was like in February, because she was like, "I've already got my people wearing masks." You know, she was like, "Anyone that's been really sick from November through January, they've had it." Wow. She's like, they've had it. Yeah. You know, and those people, and she was like, and honey, those people were going to work. <laughs> those people were living their lives. So, right. and I remember uh, in when everything was starting to get shut down in March, it was goodness gracious. I lost six gigs oh, man. in a, in a, in like a day within <laughs> a 24 hour period. And that was going to be well over, you know, I was going to be over a thousand dollars. I needed that money. And it yeah. became very apparent to me, oh, this is this is like after the third gig, I was like, oh, I'm going to lose them all. Yeah. You know, and um, and then I was like, oh, OK, well, thankfully, you have updated your resume and <laughs> you are going to have to you go. You go have to survive this. And then it became, OK, well, what do you want to do? Right. You know, and to me, the most logical choice was just going back into the community um, and doing case management and helping out that way. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, re- I remember the same thing because I was hearing it from people, um, you know, my, my wife included. She she was up on all the information about it. And, I, you know, it's like people say say stuff to you and you're sort of like, okay, yeah, I'll keep an eye out for that. But there's no you have no concept of, like, right. how much this is going to take over life. <laughs> Yeah. What is it is the I mean, we're Americans. We're arrogant. We're very arrogant, (laughs) stupid people. So it's like you can sit there like, I mean, my mom's an immigrant. So she was like, no, it's coming. Right. And it's going to it's and all of this is going to be gone (laughs) and you need to accept it. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. That's cool. So, mama, when I come home in May, what I'm thinking is, you know, saying like, yeah. And then you say, oh, this is the thing she talked about. You know, and it, it hit me a little quicker. Like, and then I had to literally be like, okay, comedy's gone for the time being, survive. Yeah. You know, help out and survive. And then, you know, things got worse here. And then it was like, well, now you got to keep on helping out while you try to survive. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know what? What sort of um, you know further radicalized me this year? I was <laughs> I was on the track, but yeah, you were you were definitely you were on your way. <laughs> yeah, someone someone it was, lit, it, was, lit. it had been it had been a, a slow burn. <laughs> yeah. for you. <laughs> um, yeah, someone cut the fuse and and relit it. Um, right, <laughs> but like, yeah, a a big part of it was, um, you know, one of the first things that occurred to me when this started was. Okay, um, here's a good chance to sort of try to organize my coworkers, um, and uh, you know I had unionizing in the back of my mind, but I was sort of like, okay, let's like see, you know, um, if we can meet up and 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 try to like uh, get some concessions out of our um, company because uh, just like you're saying with the gigs just disappearing. That's most of my coworkers. I haven't done too much gigging since I moved here. I've been mostly teaching, but like all my coworkers are like Berkeley graduates who mm-hmm. were like playing in bands and that's what they did and right. you know did this for some extra money. Um and they just it just all went away and our you know our company to their credit did a lot to like keep us working. Right. You know, they found a way to transfer like pretty much the whole program online. Um, but they didn't, you know, they didn't, uh, bend over backwards. They didn't like right. <laughs> make any, yeah. um, big changes to how that, you know, and that's just what we tried to explain to them is like, I, you know, do you, are, are we a family? Like you always talk about, do you care that like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, everyone's drowning right now. And, and are you going to do something for us? And it was just, it was no on every count. There's no, like yeah. nothing changed about, they, they reopened, but like have, you know, remote as an option. And you know, I was like, I'm not going. Out, but, yeah. Isn't that uh, nice though? I do that. I think that's one of the, again, it's so important, I think, that as devastating as this is, what it's done is it, it's it's exposed a lot of lies. Again, it's exposed like you are in a you are alone. Make no mistake. Yeah. Like make yeah. this is a dirty capitalistic society that engages in socialism if you're rich enough. They right. don't care about you. So it, it is one of those things where it's like, ooh, I gotta be a dirty capitalist right now to try to survive this because y'all are not going to take care of me at all. Right. I already right. know this. I see this every day, but it, it takes it. And again, they will sit there. We're a family. And when you're with us, it's we're together and you can talk about and tell us because we care because you're the lifeblood of the thing. Yeah. None of that shit is true. No, that is not a true thing. You are you are a cog in the wheel. And if you like if you get to if you're a cog in the machine, you're one of the nuts and bolts. You get too rusty. They throw your ass out. They put another one right there in your place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, and I think, you know, I I kind of lost the thread with my coworkers. I haven't heard from any of them in a while because, sure. like, I think everyone's just like, well, I got to do, you know, <laughs> I can't get fired for trying to, like, you know, overthrow our uh, yeah. HR yeah, lady. The system. Yeah, they're so, like, yo, like, <laughs> bro, I got I to gotta keep this health insurance, dog. Like, I'm right. Well, there's yeah. no health. In- that was part of <laughs> That was yeah, part yeah. of the problem. Oh, was, okay, so you did not <laughs> yeah. have that, and you were trying to get that. No, isn't that yeah. Nice, isn't that nice when you try to when you advocate for your your right. humanity, and they're like, "Yeah, but we can't help you with that. <laughs> this is good." Right, and that was the thing with reopening. Um, I was like, at first, I was arguing like, 
I don't know why you're reopening. Nothing's different now in May right. than it was in March, except yeah. there's more cases. That's yeah. all that's changed. And, uh, you know, if you're going to have us come back, um, you know, what are you going to do if there's a case at the school? Are you going to close down again? Are you going to pay people, you know, while we're closed down? Are you going to pay people's medical expenses if they get it? Like, right. you know, there's no sense of like taking responsibility uh, for people. But they say risk your life actively. Like my company, they tried, they wanted us back in the office in about May and June. And I was like, for what? Yeah. Number one, <laughs> you know, we, the, the, the youth that I'm appealing to, they're in, they're figuratively speaking in the woods. So I'm trying to find them. We don't, right. and I had to, I had to talk to the CEO of the company and send out an email and be like, what are you, why, what makes you think this is a good idea? Yeah. I do understand that we have to be functional, but we're doing that. We're proving that why, like literally I was like, you don't offer me health insurance, but you want me to go in and actively risk my life. That doesn't seem like a, a fair trade. Yeah. If you have a better, if you have a better solution, you just let me know. And again, you can't, you know, I was, I was, I was respectful. And I was like, listen, you have, you have put our health, uh, as, as, as the most paramount concern to your company. And I was like, and I appreciate that. I would like to see that continue as opposed to you making a rash decision right now that results in more cases because I was straight up like, listen, statistically, it is impossible to have this many people in a four story building and not have someone get it and then spread it. Sure enough that next week, two people got it right in that building. Yeah. And I was like, do you see what I am saying to you? <laughs> yeah. The, the, I think, you know, from what I've read, the biggest factor is shared airspace in a yeah. small area. That's, the, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's the thing that you can't avoid. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's the reality of it is like, okay, this incubation period, bruh, is something that we haven't dealt with. So we're at, a, we're at an extreme disadvantage because of the incubation process. I wish it were not the case, but I was, it's like, this is where we're at. Right. What else can we do? You know what I'm saying? So it is yeah. interesting. These, especially these companies provide a public good, but it's still like you're, you know, it's still very capitalistic and you're still, I'm still a cog in the machine. That's fine. Do what you got to do. But I, I, but I'm not going to be, so I'm not going to be like, yeah, you know what? I, I could be an infantry, in, infantry man. I can be the first one on. The, I prefer not to be actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't want to say like I feel bad for them or I understand like, but it's like, yeah, the system is what it is. And um, companies, you know, except for giant ones, but like a lot of them can't just like do anything they want with money, I guess. You know, they should pay everyone more. But it's like, yeah, I understand that it's like, well, sure, the government should just give everyone money mm -hmm. so that, yeah, the, that school of rock doesn't have to, like, worry about this. Like, why? <laughs> it's yeah. it's an insane ex expectation to put on anyone. But, you know, it's still like people need to take responsibility and, and they just don't. Right. And that's the whole like, it's like, yeah, you want to feel bad for them. But at the same time, if the roles were reversed, would they feel bad for you? That's not how this right. works. <laughs> I, I'm not going to. The one thing this has shown me is don't sit there and like because these that's what they'll do. They'll try to like guilt you into shit. And it's like, no, nah, that's not the that's not the game we're playing here. Mm. OK, like I'm not going to you. You won't grow a conscience. Right. <laughs> so don't ask me to to then have one 
with respects to you when this is a business relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I got my, I got my conscience, but you ain't going to guilt me into shit. Yeah. And I'm not going to ask you to develop one. Right. Because that's just a waste of everyone's time. So I don't ask you to develop one. You don't try to prey on mine. And if you try to prey on mine, I will politely smack away your hand and say, no, thank you. Because that's yeah. the polite thing to do. Yeah, man. I it, There's definitely uh, – the, the working class in this country has just been beaten into submission, just brainwashed to oblivion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think about it, and it's like – you know, with my coworkers, I'm like, guys, like – we can do this. It's not like we're not we're we're right. definitely in a position to to fight back here. Like we're not coal miners in 1897 <laughs> like having shootouts with our fucking like company town managers like right. <laughs> like we, we're okay. Like we can do this. Isn't it so wild? It's such a toxic call and I hate to use that term, but no, this shit is toxic. We come from a culture where before COVID, it was an admirable thing to go into work sick yeah. that was showing yeah. grit that was showing toughness i mean you yeah. know i used to bartend bro you had to be dying to call out of a shift if yeah. you were sick you were expected to be there touching shit, yeah. breathing on other humans this was a you came in and it was and then you bragged about it once you were good you all remember that time i fu- i had the flu huh 101 yeah. degree temperature <laughs> worked a double strong made good tips that night put it all to the side that's what you do and then you shame people and then and then you were taught to shame those who couldn't be quote unquote strong tough it out and go into work with a communicable fucking disease yeah like that that's the, <laughs> like you're indoctrinated with this to the point that you, that's right <laughs> like that's insane that is an insane thing yeah yeah it's insane it, it, like yeah, I'm I'm definitely at a point where I'm I'm pretty anti-capitalist, but I but at the same time I'm still like, yo guys, like we don't have to like do a communist revolution. Like sure. you could be Denmark, like sure. that's a capitalist country and they don't have these problems. You know, that maybe on a smaller scale, but like they they do much better in all of this. It's not impossible. <laughs> yeah, the issue with this place is this place doesn't even engage in capitalism. This is just uh, yeah, fucking thuggery. You know, know this is just this like is. some straight up mob, mob <laughs> mafioso type shit. You know, El you know El Muerta type <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. You know that that's the thing. It would be nice if it was actually a, a society that engaged in actual capitalism. Um, there'd be a lot. There'd be a little bit of decency in it because it would actually be trying to be what it purports itself to be. Right. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, yo, we don't even have that. We don't, we don't, we don't have anything that even comes close to, we have a, we have a pandemic that we are, that we are handling so poorly. We are the laughing stock of the nation. Yeah. And to, and you have other human beings that will fight you tooth and nail to ensure that every American does not have access to health insurance. Right. Like motherfuckers will 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 fight to the death. Like that is the society that we live in. And that is evil. That is simply evil. There's no other way to slice it and dice it. Now, listen, I'm not going to say it didn't give me a lot. I lost my virginity in this society. Got to tour all over the world. I did right, a lot of coming it. in this society and I've, you know, paid for things, had money, but it was stressful. <laughs> it's always fucking stressful. Right. 
And now you have this fucking disease that we refuse to actually address. This pandemic, we were like, nigga, there's been no plan. If you actually think about it, there's been no plan at no, all. No. Like this entire time, there's been no plan. And then, and then, and then, and then, and man say, hey, go back outside and work again. That's what I said. And then you say, well, shouldn't everyone be insured? They're like, nigga, don't worry about that. Go back outside. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, people need to be insured. You're talking about socialism. What? Right. <laughs> like, I don't fucking, this society will gaslight you. <laughs> yeah. They will gaslight the fuck out of you for asking for like, rights right how dare you like it's like <laughs> yo i'm not your ex it's like i'm not you can't look I'm, i've looked through your phone i know what you're doing <laughs> you can't yell at me to make me love you and, and let this go <laughs> i know what you're doing yeah yeah Hey, it's me again. It's Joe. Here's the mid-show section. Still doing it. I'm going to keep doing it unless I get a bunch of angry emails. And even then, I still might. I told you at the start of the show, uh, we're on YouTube. And the first video is up now. And this mid-show is going to expand upon it. All right. It's okay if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, all you really need to know is I made a video responding to an oft-repeated claim by Jordan Peterson and other alt-right or intellectual dark web idiots than that uh, they say in Western universities, you know, the West, there are just Marxist professors everywhere. Tons of them. And these fucking Marxists are doing some kind of sleight of hand magic where they know they can't just straight up indoctrinate kids into Marxism. So they repackage it into certain social justice ideologies like feminism or whatever. There are so many things wrong with this theory, I honestly probably should have picked a simpler topic to start with. The central argument I made is that seemingly the only study done on this topic, uh, so fucking Jordan Peterson doesn't have a, a study to counter with, the only study done on this topic of Marxist professors found that 18% of professors identified as Marxists. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, I post this video. The first day it gets about 12 views. That's just how popular I am. Two subscribers, baby. Hit us up. Radicalize me on YouTube. But there are a bunch of Jordan Peterson-related tags on the video. So the way YouTube works, of course, everyone who saw it with some Peterson fan who had to rage post in the comments. So we're off to a great start on the platform. Now, I made an effort to avoid looking at the comments because I know that people let that shit drive them crazy when they start getting more attention online. And uh, I have a bad history of getting dragged into the toxic vortex of Facebook and Twitter threads. But I happen to see one comment when I check the views, and I think it's worth addressing what this person said. First, he said that I was wrongfully trying to use empiricism to debunk Peterson, who only argues that Mar this Marxism shit is a general trend. First thing I would say is that you still need fucking data to prove a trend. But I do take his point here. Right? Just because only 18% of professors self-identify as Marxists for a poll doesn't mean there aren't more Marxist professors who keep it quiet or that there isn't some trend of Marxist thought pervading universities, right? 
again, this was my first video and I probably should have done more research. So I did. Uh, let's travel back in time a bit and start with this New York, New York Times article from October 25th, 1989. I was actually around then, but uh, I didn't get a chance to read this because I was seven months old. I went with this uh, 1989 article because, uh, you know, Peterson seems to think this Marxist thing is like unique to our generation, to my generation, the fucking millennials and, and Zoomers and shit. Um, which is weird because, you know, this argument he's making about, about uh, you know, Marxists leaving like the political sphere for the, the university um, phenomenon but it started like in in the probably the 70s right like this is like a long time before this uh so that would make me wonder like why well why now jordan peterson like why don't you think there were fucking like marxist fucking gen xers and shit like I, it just doesn't make any sense um but so that's why I went with this 1989 thing because you know that's that's when I was born. This is like the start of my life, um, and if there is some Marxist, you know, training going on in the fucking universities that's unique to this generation, it would have you know probably started 20, 30 years ago. So there you go. Anyway. As you may know, the Soviet Union was uh, officially dissolved in 1991, but uh, the collapse had already begun at this point in uh, October 1989. Uh, you know, you, you <laughs> may uh, look familiar because we are experiencing a collapse of our civilization. But the, uh, you know, the demolition of the Berlin Wall actually began just, just over two weeks after this article was published. So there you go. All right, that's kind of the setting of what's going on here. So the author, Felicity Barringer, writes, As Karl Marx's ideological heirs in communist nations struggle to transform his political legacy, his intellectual heirs on American campuses have virtually completed their own transformation from brash, beleaguered outsiders to assimilated academic insiders. Okay, so there we go. Maybe I was wrong, you know? Assimilated academic insiders definitely sounds like Marxist academics gained some ground in their fields. But there's a problem with that assessment. Quote, a Marxist revolutionary is hard to find on campuses, said Lauren Graham, a historian at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Marx has become relativized. He's no longer a battle cry just a great figure in economics and history, along with a number of other great figures. Interesting. It sounds like Marxism, a thing that happened in history, became integrated into the other subjects you learn in fucking school. That's how I remember it. <laughs> I mean, I only went to one college and one high school and one middle school, so gr granted... Uh, that's not a big sample size, but it sounds like the fucking trend is much less nefarious and calculated than Peterson and my biggest fan on YouTube are telling us. Quote, where Marxism is thriving, these scholars say, is less in social science courses where there is a possibility of practical application 
than in the abstract world of literary criticism. So there's Peterson's theory, right? So these professors started to couch Marxism in other fields, uh, like literary criticism. But reading on, it doesn't sound like it's that simple or intentional. Quote, it is also in this field that new radicals, from feminists who say class analysis leaves women out, to deconstructionists who say historical truth does not exist, have posed the sharpest challenge to those who back Marx's theories of class struggle. So it's not even fucking cultural Marxism. The culture was criticizing the Marxism. Quote, deconstructionists deny that one can understand any experience of the past because the evidence for any conclusion comes from people's observations, most of which appear in a text. Marxism believes there is a real world and it's really possible to understand it. So th that's completely at odds. And then my favorite part, quote, some scholars try to incorporate the cacophonous pluralism of radical theories into their work, asserting that relieving anxiety is not the object of academic work, Gayatri Spivak, a literary critic who is the Andrew W. Mellon Professor of English at the University of Pittsburgh, uses elements of deconstructionist theory, Marxist theory, and femi feminist theory in her work. The three are not married in my use of them, she said. They are always bringing each other to crisis. So literally, they just took a historical fucking economic theory and started incorporating it as another tool and topic of learning, like everything. This is fucking ridiculous. There's no plot. There's no trend. It's just fucking teaching. Now, my friend, the commenter, asks, if there isn't this Marxist trend in universities, then, quote, where does Antifa and BLM get their manpower and ideological ammunition from? I don't know, the fucking internet? Books? Literally anywhere you might find information? <laughs> I mean, that's when I knew this guy was a fucking moron, because as we've covered on this show, Antifa is not a thing. BLM is a disparate movement loosely tied together by a common rallying cry. Yes, there is a BLM organization whose founders are self-declared Marxists. But the idea that the protesters this summer were BLM armies taking orders from the Marxist BLM generals in a fucking bunker is laughable. I'll link to this other article by uh, Alan Mendenhall. Um, I won't get too far into it right now because this is already getting long and I don't fucking care anymore. But he echoes this thing that, that this guy is on Peterson's side. But he echoes this thing that, that Peterson always gets into about how these deconstructionist or post-structuralist philosophers of, of the Frankfurt School, like Derrida and whoever the fuck, I don't, I don't know these people. But he says, he says that, that these people are the ones who started this cultural Marxism shit decades ago. But he, but he never connects the fucking dots. I just don't understand how they get from Stalin to American Marxists back to fucking Europe and these dead philosophers. And then that's why there's BLM and they're terrorists. It's fucking insane. It's complete fuckery. I can't recommend highly enough the Jordan Peterson episode of Behind the Bastards. Great podcast. Uh, they really get into the, the just disturbing delusions of grandeur and distorted thinking this guy does. It, the long and short of it, 
He is a dishonest, pseudo-intellectual hack. I'll leave you with one more quote from an Australian professor named Matthew Sharp, who describes the theory of cultural Marxism as a post-factual dog whistle and an intellectual confusion masquerading as higher insight. And now back to the show. What kind of stuff have you been up to in terms of, uh, you know, I, I know you say your job is, is, uh, is, you know, uh, runs parallel to this a bit. What kind of like activist type stuff have you been up to? Realistically within the case management, a lot of it is because what I really found out is that, okay, you need to help. And the best way to help some people choose to do it on the ground level of local politics and everything like that to me, it was like, okay, I need to appeal to the youth. So I help 16 to 24 year olds get their GEDs and then learn oh, okay. trades on top of that. Nice. Um, because that's, I mean, to me, it's like, if you have to live in this system in the society, look, here are, here are the rules of engagement. Right. I'm not saying these rules are fair, but what I, and I also, you know, I'm dealing with, you know, the vast majority are black kids. And it's like, look, I'm not saying the rules of engagement are fair. I am saying is that this these people are looking for any reason to murder you. Any single reason to murder you. Yeah. At all times. We have to make it hard for them. This does not mean that they won't still find a way to do it. Of course they will. Creative bunch as they are. Sometimes they need no reason. They can just walk into your actually society's even they can just walk into your 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 room and murder right. you and yeah. have no repercussion. Yeah. But it, what they will try to do is that after you're gone, they will do anything they can to discredit your humanity. They will do anything they can to make it so that you were not a person that was worthy of life. Right. And they will make that so incredibly hard for you, even while you're living. So, um, so you know, I help them get their GEDs and then help them learn a trade, mostly in, in construction to start out with, because I'm like, you guys need, like, they're always going to need houses. They're always going to need these things. Here's the, the manner in which that um, here's a way to go. Now, <clears throat> after the George Floyd uh, situation, after his summary execution to be broadcast on phones and, and, and televisions throughout the country and nothing changed, um, it took on a bit more of an aggressive scale because I, then you had to go out into these communities and make sure that these kids were okay. Because, yeah. you know, I know I remember what it's like to be that age. And when you see what this place is, you're really mad. You never stop being mad for the record, but you're also a teenager. So your yeah. anger is a bit more wild. <sighs> yeah. So oh, it was literally being with them in whatever way they needed me to be there with them, going to rallies. Uh, and then from there, meeting up with community activists, mm. you know, and meeting with them and talking with them. And right. forging and creating partnerships um, that could be beneficial because what I came to realize is not only, of course, these kids need, you know, to have their education, they at least need their GED, but it's also like these kids need therapy. You know, they yeah. need therapy uh, because a lot of them have PTSD. Yeah. A lot of them are really, really going through it. And uh, and then it's like it's about providing the means for that. And then you got to find the type of therapist. 
because then it right. takes on a thing like I can go to a to I can go to any therapist. Actually, I can go to any therapist. It's in my best interest to actually go to a therapist who's who looks like me realistically. Yeah. Um, but then it's like I got to make sure these kids have therapists that can speak to them. And then it's about letting the kid know you're not weak, like all these you're not weak for going to there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like there's nothing wrong with you. Right. Because of this, um, this is a thing to help you so right. that these blockages that happen no longer happen. Yeah. This place will fuck you up and then you'll just continue along the same pattern again and again. And it's hard. You're talking to a 18 year old kid who has two kids it's like you want to stop this cycle, right? Not the idea of having kids, but under these circumstances. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And that's, um, uh, I, you know, I, from what I've heard that, that, uh, stigma of, of therapy and mental, uh, mental health or mental illness is like really, uh, pervasive in the black community. Is that something you've seen? Oh yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I mean, also look at, look at the standing and look at this country. Imagine being a black American, you help build this country. And then for 400 years, they tell you you're lazy, you're weak, you're stupid, yeah. uh, you're you're prone to criminality, you're barb, you're a beast, you know. Um, that's some gaslighting shit. Yeah, that's another evil, evil tactic. It's a wicked thing to do. So, and I've had this, you know, and I'm first generation, but I've had it and I've seen it where you have to be stronger and tougher than your contemporaries mentally. Right. And you see your contemporaries around you who do not look like you, who just appear to be, I'm like, they're actually weak <laughs> by the standard, but they're allowed to be. They're allowed <laughs> right. to be this way when I can't be that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, you hold it like a badge of honor that you are so tough and capable and that you can endure. And while that is a commendable thing, also some of the ways that that is internalized is not always the best. Right. And it's hard to then be like, hey man, you gotta go talk to a professional because that's what a weak white person does. Yeah. Because deep down, we know the truth. We're like, no, we're strong, they're weak. <laughs> but it's about being like, no, you're a human being. Right. You know what I'm saying? Are, are, is a white person weak? Generally, sure. Yeah. But well, like, yeah. Can generally, yes, very much so. <laughs> but also it's like, but we also owe it to ourselves to be able to talk about our feelings. To, I mean, like literally like this is now the generation, like this is like the first generation of black folk who like know that they have depression, know what anxiety is, know what all these, this thing that those were, those were human things that we were not allowed to have access to. Right. And then held it like a badge of honor. Like we couldn't have that because that would mean yeah. that we are weak, but we are strong. The, but the depression anxiety is not a sign of weakness. That's just a human reaction to the world around you. It sure is. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's about re it's a, like literally about changing the nature of the conversation. Right. But when you tell a group of people who all they've ever done is contributed, that they contribute nothing. You whip them, you lash right. them, you make them feel bad about themselves. You make them have poor self-image. You gaslight the fuck out of them because of everything about them that is so exceptional. The fact that they're not lazy, the fact they're not stupid, the fact they are beautiful, the fact they are gorgeous. The vast majority of white people wouldn't tan 
if it weren't for the fact that they understood that a darker complex darker complexion actually looks good <laughs> um so it's literally you can't that can't be done to a group of people for so long and and, and then those group of people still find a way to endure push forward but also not like to also not exhibit any scars about that shit you can right. see it in every single and within the black community you can see it in every group this yeah. is why even within black men black men one of the number one things about them and their character especially like straight black men is their sexual prowess they can be bad at anything they can be worthless they can be many many things they cannot be bad in bed <laughs> because that they've been told that was the only redeemable thing about them historically Right. What was the measure of a black guy? His dick. So as a that's your own, you're a child learning this. That's the only redeemable quality that you have. So then yeah. you grow up thinking, I at least need to be good at this. <laughs> what an evil thing to do to a person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, I can't imagine because, um, I mean, obviously, but, <laughs> but you know, I, that, that sort of like hyper masculinity, um, hide your feelings shit definitely runs deep every everywhere in this definitely culture. definitely but like you know because even like to this day i am like finding shit in myself that's like oh yeah that was like that was in there i didn't even know like the, yep. you know that was planted when fucking american pie came out and shit whatever yeah. the like <laughs> the uh -huh. shitty culture you think was you, you you think you immune you'd be like damn i got that too shit. right um but yeah it's a, at the same time uh, you know, I, I didn't get, you know, um, uh, uh, hit for being weak or like showing emotion. My parents sure. put me in therapy very early when they saw that I needed it and they could sure. afford it, you know? Sure. Um, so it's I remember, like, I remember when I went into ther therapy, my mom was concerned and keep in mind, that's a Nigerian woman. So she, so the black experience is a little different. But still, still very much the same. What you need therapy for? I remember telling, I have to go to therapy. I think I got to talk about some stuff. She's like, okay, I think, I think, I think you'll be good in three sessions, right? And I'm like, it's not how it works. But it was that yeah. general. It was, it was there, like, she never thought to put me in therapy. That wouldn't be a thing, you know. It was like I had to go, and then she was like, did it was, did I do something wrong? It's like, nah, right. you were great. It's just this is life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And uh, yeah, I mean, well, it sort of speaks to, I think, what you're doing in your your profession now um, is, you know, getting people set up a bit in this like imperfect world we live in. But like, yeah, it's it's very hard to to uh, change the system. And it's, you know, this is it's a little deeper than like change it from within it's not really like I don't, right. just that alone doesn't doesn't do it but i think that like yeah uh if you can get people set up in like especially like you know trade work and stuff where they're gonna like make decent money yeah um and not have people just directionless without any support right. then like yeah then maybe like we can we can do something here um and uh yeah i mean that that's how i feel about sort of um uh you know d electing like someone like joe biden <laughs> right i'm sort of like yeah well yeah all the things people say to me when i 
say that are true. They're like, yeah, but what about? I'm like, yeah, I know, dude. Like, <laughs> I've been saying that longer than you. Yeah, we've but been. Like, yeah, but it's like, but look at where we are. Right, and it's like, like literally, we we need. You know, none of us is so resourceful that like right. we're gonna fucking like band together in the apocalypse and like make tourniquets and shit. Like, no, right. we need we need like Biden to say wear a mask on TV. Yeah. Like, just the, the yeah, bare minimum that. shit. Yeah. Um, we need we need our society to function in order for us to uh you know change it or or challenge it. Uh, yeah. If it's you know. That people think they're gonna thrive in chaos, and it's like, no, dude. That it's like, what you mean? You go, how are you gonna thrive, nigga? You're diabetic. <laughs> like, right. it was like yes. the fuck, is, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like he's like, we need to burn it all down. Do you know what? What? Wait, huh? Wait, hold on. You are a father. The yeah. fuck are you talking? It's <laughs> it, it's that asinine theory. It's like, yo, no, man, let it burn. Do you know what that like? Those people, and here's the thing. You, you let it burn, motherfuckers. I know you'll hear this. I know some of you will be here. You say this because it's not you who dies first. Right. You say this because you don't, you don't die. Everyone else around you dies, and then you get to sit back and be shocked that it happened. Like right. a lot of you were four years ago when you chose to do nothing, when you chose to not take a part uh, – to take part in the ele election process, which is your prerogative. But then you had the nerve to be shocked three years later when we found ourselves in the position we found ourselves in. Right. People <laughs> literally voted against this man because we knew something like this would happen. We didn't know what it was going to look like. But when it happened, we were like, this is the thing we were talking about. Yeah. And that's that. But you were a burn it down, motherfucker. And then people started to die. People yeah. started to die. And then well, you found your have. humanity again. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and that's what you know the the like on the ground stuff that that you're doing that you know most of the people I talk to on the show are doing is great, and that's like that's what I I want to see people doing and not having this conversation uh, ad nauseum about <laughs> right because <laughs> like, we can sit back and wax poetic, we can intellectualize it till we're blue in the face. The intellectual right. like to sit back there and and to talk and and to you know speak on high about is utterly useless unless there's actual work being done. And right. I'm not going to sit there and be like, the work is so rewarding. And it's so it is hard. Yeah, it is hard and often demoralizing. It is worth it, but it is difficult. But the reality of it is, is that and I do believe this. It's like, no, I do have an obligation to the community in which I live in. Yeah. And and, and since I feel compelled to do so, I will do so. Right. I'll have my boundaries for myself as a human being and as a yeah. person. At the same time, I cannot be of a placing, take of the place and give nothing back to the place. Right. When I see that there are people like who look like me actively suffering, I have to do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, we, we all have to do something. Yeah. So, you know, find, find your thing. That that's, yeah. It's the same thing with with any other pursuit. It's like, yeah, th there's a place for for everyone in this. Like, I think people um, have like certain imagery that comes to mind when they hear like activism or or, or direct action, whatever it is, um, and they're like, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like on the street getting you know marching and getting beaten up by police, and it's like. Well, I mean, we need people to do that, but also like, right, if that's right. not, you know, a good fit for you, you know, like I, I've been, 
you know, to a couple of protests, but, and I wanted to go to more of them. My wife was like, all right, you have asthma. Um, (laughs) you need like 87 medications a day. Um, you need to not be in jail. And, uh, you know, it's, if, you know, I get tear gassed or something like that, I become a liability for like all the people around me who are trying to do the work there. And that's, you know, it's, there's no sense in, in going if I'm just going to make it harder. So right, right, right. Um, right. That, that's the sort of thing. it's like, yeah, okay. Not everything's for everyone. So like, find your thing, find your place. Um, All of it is important work. Um, I think uh, it's great. It's good to not get too bogged down in, in like, um, any, any one area of this. It's, it's like, yeah, we need people to do all these things. (laughs) Yeah. Not everybody has to be out there with the, with the signs and doing the thing. Like you can do it in your own way. And it does start. I do believe that it does start at a community level because that's how you in, in fact can really dictate change. But the thing about it is, you know, it's a slow process, but that's how it works. You know, if you start at the community level and know your elected officials, like, no, it doesn't take too long. Know about them. Yeah. You know, like, just know, know who they are. And, and then so that when someone so that you can disagree with them. Or you like, right. is this person the best fit? So when another candidate comes along, that's actually worth it. You can be like, no, no, it's this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's how these things happen. I mean, that's how an AOC occurred. Because there yeah. were people within that community who knew about their elected officials and right. said, no, hell no to all of them. <laughs> this this girl over here, though, is talking right. and she's really about this and she's of this community and from this community. Yeah, that's how. It, so I do think that and that's for anyone knowing about your elected officials is a huge, especially if you are not leaving. If you're one of these people like I'm out, I totally dig it, bro. Like <laughs> the minute it, it looks and if they ever open up the borders, yo, let's send me a postcard. You know what I'm right. saying? Like <laughs> get out, do it quick, go. I think my mom wants to leave. And if she leaves, I'm yeah. gonna be like, I understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. but for everyone who's staying, take the time to know about your elected officials. Yeah. You know, because realistically, what are you going to do? Watch bad reality TV. I get it. You like it, but just, take 15 minutes to know about these people so you can hold them accountable. So they can't be a part of the process that continues to harm you. They have to be afraid of you. They have to know that you know who they are because a lot of them like to, they don't want you to know. They'd actually prefer it if you didn't know. Right. It's very important when you know. Yeah. Well, even the, you know, um, the, the just like local offices are important too. Yes. Um, and that's something that, you know, I've had a couple of, uh, organizers on the show who have said that that it's like yeah there you know there's some good machinery in place where like justice democrats are getting like aoc types into office that's great but like on the national level it's not it's just not all going to happen there because it's not how it works right um so like look at city council look at the mayor look at you know because like like it or not we have this sort of shitty like semi-union of states in this country that like the you know there's very like opposed ideas about how um how much the federal government should be involved so a lot of the time states do things one by one and then it starts to become like all right that's the way it's headed let's do that 
um, like we're seeing with with marijuana and and how gay marriage happened and all that right. stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, these local offices, because, you know, when I think about like the Boston City Council, I think there were there's like one or two council city councilors who were kind of holding up the police reforms that everyone wanted. So it's right. like, you, you know, you never know. It depends on the place. But like you might be part of the way there. Like it's yeah. just like, yeah, let's get these two assholes out and then like yeah. maybe it'll just go through. Um, that might, you know, it might be just like these little puzzle pieces that just haven't gotten any attention. Right. So, um, yeah, I think if people are going to think in terms of, uh, electoral stuff, that's a, that's a really good place to start. It's not, it's not so overwhelming. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not. not like this it's not. gigantic. It, it's one of those things since you, and once you realize that it's not so big that you can actually, you can actually see the process work to a degree. Yeah. And I think that is very, very important, you know, because uh, I think what these past four years have shown us is, is that having a hands off approach is very, very dangerous. Yeah. Because I do. I mean, I I believe it because it's true, man. These people will kill you and they will allow you to die to further their political agenda. So you have to hold them accountable. Because yeah. if you want anything, if you want anything to come back, some semblance of a life that you once knew, these people must be compelled to act good. This is not a decent place. This is not a place of foresight. This is not this place has no hindsight. Even <laughs> this is a place that does what it can get away with. Yeah. And we have to ensure to the best of our ability that we make it hard for them to get away with shit that takes our humanity away from us. Right. Yeah, man. Um, I I think, uh, you know, it's always great talking to you about this stuff. I was thinking about how, like, you know, there, there were some late nights at Helium where we yeah. would just, like, go go on and on, and, and it was it was great. Um, and it was wild, too. You get off stage, you know, like, whatever, have fun, whatever. Every comic is out here talking about other comedians. I'm over here talking to Messina right. about corporate Democrats and how they're fucking ruining everything. You right, know? yeah. Like, they're cleaning the tables. We're still, like... Right, <laughs> <going> right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those were good times. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess so. Wh- where do you see things headed, and where would you like like things to go? In a, in man, a large sense, I mean, you know, I remember saying in in April, I'm thankful, and I need to remain thankful because things haven't gotten bad yet. And I can sit here in November and say I'm thankful, and I have to remain thankful because things haven't gotten bad yet. Um, and of course that, you know, and I say that to mean like it could get worse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It could really, really get worse. I I mean, honestly, I would like for us to take this thing seriously. That's a, I think that's a pretty simple request. (laughs) Yeah. You know, um, the, the, the grifter in Washington needs to just take his loss. Um, but he's a, he's, he has narcissistic person. That's a, you know what I also, you know what I would like, I would like this country to understand personality disorders. Yeah. I would like for the, the people of this country to understand psychopaths when they see them, because y'all be way too attracted to this shit, dude. Y'all yeah. be too attracted to these obvious psychopaths, yes. like obvious. <laughs> this guy is an active psychopath, literally yeah. devoid of any type of real human characteristic cares for nothing and no one but himself all his relationships are transactional this is a guy who is who doesn't 
if you believe in souls, trust me, he ain't got one. <laughs> um, you guys need to learn about mental health and, and, and mentally unwell human beings yeah. who operate outside the fringes of the society that you claim to be a part of because people like this lack empathy and see people as objects. This is a very, very dangerous man that a lot of you have been seduced by. You do not know an enemy in front of your face um, even when that man has been face fucking you for four years, some of you thought that it was good anyway. And if I'm talking, if it's not you, you know, I'm talking about your parents, you know who they are. Right. So that's the first thing that I <laughs> yeah. would like uh, to see. Uh, then I would like for us to just take this thing seriously. Um, and and I, I would love to see uh, the public school system get better. It's not going to. Um, but <laughs> it's not going to. Like, this, right. place is, this place loves being stupid. That's the thing I've noticed about this place. This place is uh, individualistic and nationalistic. Nationalistic yeah. in America means racism. But um, but the individualism and the nationalism will prevent uh, quality education from happening across the board because we need uh, people to remain stupid, especially white right. people. Uh, have to remain. You guys have to remain. Yeah. Dumb. They like can, it when you're can dumb. Confirm. Yeah. Like they <laughs> and y'all are dumb, bro. <laughs> Like yeah. I'm, I can say that as a person who's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, you guys are fucking stupid. Dude. Oh, I know. Yeah, uh, like well, it's bad. You know, to your point about, um, you know, the the Trump fandom in the face of clear just just uh, uh, psychopathy. Um, mm. I think that is it, it's a uh, an extreme like you know blown up version of just the the regular like. Uh, veneration of of politicians and and public figures in general yes. that we have that's like really that is is extremely damaging because that's yes. why people don't question their own party and don't yep. like you know they vote and then they're like that guy will take care of it and it's yep, that, that's really it. no he won't that's yeah. a lizard person who fucks children <laughs> yes okay it's a lizard listen you saw my man in the picture with Epstein fucking kids I'm not saying the other ones didn't fuck kids too. So oh, sorry, sure, they all fuck sure. kids. I right. get it. Okay, one of them, they all fuck kids. I will. Okay, so I postulate. Let's say they all fuck kids. Okay, right. Can I have the one who still believes in science, though? Can I get that one? Can it, <laughs> right, since they right. all fuck kids, okay? You fucking, you fucking, Quanon weirdos, you fucking idiots. Like, can I get the one that believes in the science? God damn! <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> I'm I'm anti also for the, I'm anti fucking kid, okay. But anti, I need yeah. I need someone who will defer to medical professionals, like, right? Right. Who in that field? So I need that. <laughs> also, I mean, you know, everyone having access to health insurance seems very reasonable to me. Um, we can't claim to be the greatest nation on earth and not have that. Um, yeah. You guys also need to understand. I, I think in order for us to become what we say we want to become, we have to strip ourselves of the titles that we have given ourselves with no merit. We have to take away the title that we'll never, we'll never get better so long as we call ourselves the best. Right. We'll yeah. never yeah. get better. And that's a lie that we tell ourselves to then make every wicked thing that we do somehow permissible. Yeah. It, we Absolutely. use that shit and it becomes our Bible. So, so we can slaughter these people because it's fair and we're the best and we're just. And even when we were bad, we apologized for it once and we made it better. We don't ever do that. We have to acknowledge, no, we are not like this is a, a experiment that is ongoing. Mm -hmm. And right now it's going very badly. Yeah, I don't think it worked. <laughs> no, it didn't work at all. It's what we were going for, it, but <laughs> it's, it's the acknowledgement of that failure that yeah. that's the only way. Um, that's the only way that we'll get. That's the only way that we'll get anywhere. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, trying to tune in more and more to, you know, what the black activist community is saying, what indigenous yeah. activists are saying, and it's like, yeah, the like, I, I'm a little more desensitized to these things, like abolish the police, right. abolish the United States. I'm like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess sure. I like. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that'll happen, but like, yeah. I get it. Well, the, I absolutely the get it. To be like, yeah, because it's not like, and people have to understand. Uh, I think it was I think it was Corey Bush. It's like people are like, oh, I'm offended by the term defund the police. Yeah, I'm offended by murder. Right. These guys have a blo- They have it's a every police force in this country is bloated. These guys have way too. Why do these guys have fucking tanks? Yeah. They don't need they don't need that. They don't need that shit. You need to give that shit to other uh, professionals that can help in situations as opposed to these 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 people. The vast majority of them do not pass psych evaluations who are armed with guns. These guys don't deescalate anything. They over police areas to find crime and keep people in, in criminal activity. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything too provocative about saying defund the police. Right. I think I, I think it's actually more provocative when you can see uh, uh, human beings slaughtered before your very eyes and you have no reaction to that. And you ask, well, what did they do? Right. Like, I think I think that's a bit more provocative. I think that's a bit more offensive. I don't yeah. give a fuck about who's a cop in your fucking family. They stink. <laughs> Right. The onus is not right. on me to prove that they are bad. The onus is on them to prove that they are just and moral. And guess what? They cannot. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the because that's the sort that's the like anarchist perspective, too, is it's like uh, it, it's it's not a, a, a theory of like d- take away all structure tomorrow. It's more like gradually like dismantle unjust hierarchies. And mm-hmm. like that makes a lot of sense to me to look at it case by case and be like, is this hierarchy serving us? Right. And I, yeah, I, I I don't think it is. And I I understand that when when uh, people hear defund the police, they think that means just like t- take all their funding away. Like look I, at their I don't budget. Think that's these guys right. are getting billions of dollars. <laughs> right. I I but I don't think that's like. I don't know. It's arguable that that's what defund could mean, but it also, but like, no, defund means like less funding. That's what less it means. Funding. I don't like, know it's what. Literally, yeah. like, you know, it's like motherfucker. Like some of these, some of these, like the what I think in New York City, it's like, bro, like give these people a couple billion dollars. Yeah, that's a ridiculous budget. Right. That money could be spent elsewhere. And here's how you know. Here's here's the thing I always want to say. They will sit there and say crime is worse than it's ever been. That only proves the police don't work in this current capacity then. Right. That only proves that what they're <laughs> all that money that you're giving them isn't working. It's yeah. actually you're wasting funds. Right. If they are supposed to protect and serve and to make things better and things are actually worse and you keep on giving them more money and things only get worse, then you must you must concede that giving them the money is not making the situation better. Giving them more resources to commit harm is not making shit better. Right. Because all you're doing is giving them weaponry and money for overtime. You're giving them no skills on top of that. I'm saying take away their fucking weapons. Right. I'm saying take away all their fucking weapons. Why is it that I could go out to the George Floyd protest and in the city of Philadelphia, they've got riot tanks. 
Yeah. Riot saying it's not lost on me what they want to do to these vast majority of black bodies. Yeah. And they sat there, agitated us, fired off shots to try to get us to react in such a way. Yeah. That is terrorist activity. That is not the that is not activity of someone that comes that means to de-escalate to to uh to create calm or to create order in any type of way. Yeah. That is literally a group of people saying we will murder you. Yeah. How it, dare you speak out against us for what we do? We police. This is what we do. That's why they're so offended when we say these things, because historically, this is what they've been allowed to do. I do understand that part of them. They're like, we police. Why are you mad? We just doing good, good police work. Right. That's it's the like, nature of it. Yeah, Being called but... into question and offends them. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like smacking a dog for biting when you've let that dog bite for eight years. Yeah. The dog's like, fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, yeah, th- it's uh, I, I, I feel like there's an analogy in um, I, I used to be uh, a little resistant. Like, so I was pretty good at, at like grammar in school. That was like one of the subjects that I, I did OK with. Um, and I, you, you know, I studied writing in college. I'm like a decent writer, I guess. But like uh, th- when I started to learn that, like grammar rules are not absolute or like that, mm-hmm. you know, dialects are just as valid. I was resistant to that idea at first, I think because it was like, no, but like, but there's the grammar rules and I'm right. good at them. I'm the special grammar boy. Like, right. why, why do you hate me for being good at this? And right. it's like, well, right. well, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. It's good to know all those rules. It's just like, you know, it's just like music. I know all the theory, but like, uh, there's a lot more to it than, than just knowing how the chords resolve, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's just the, you know, the, the wheels of time move slowly relative to our lives, you know, like we don't live that long. Uh, so it's, it's, it's like, uh, hard to change these things in a couple of generations. Um, cause people Very are just set in their ways. Um, I mean, I think you gotta, I think what we gotta do is like, you know, you got to do it in the hopes that it can, that the progress can go. It ain't going to get fixed in this lifetime because <laughs> right. there, because there wasn't enough work being done prior to us. Yeah. So all you can do is do the work and then hope that it's a bit better for the next go round. Cause some of you expect to fucking procreate. <laughs> so you, you need yeah. to be motivated to do something. Cause I, I would think if you have a child right now, I would certainly hope that you are horrified by what you're seeing. Yeah, I don't get it. I, you know, I, I, uh, my wife and I would like to adopt at some point. I don't know when we'll be set up to do that, but <laughs> that's right. the thing. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll guide someone through the shit, but I'm not gonna <laughs> forcibly yeah. put someone into it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fa- that's facts. That's facts. Um, well, hey man, I should probably get going, but um. Yeah. It, uh, why don't you, you know, plug, uh, whatever you got going on where people can find you. Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Satoyo one. That's S E T O I Y O the number one, um, on, on Instagram. It's the same thing. I also have a podcast with Alex Perlman oh, yeah. called, uh, 
called Them Boys. Alex Perlman is another former, uh, very funny former stand-up. It's called Them Boys. We're on Twitter as well, at Them Boys Pod. And uh, we put out episodes weekly, um, you know, and uh, it's a fun time. So you should come uh, check me out. Awesome. Yes. Well, thanks so much for doing it. It was uh, good to talk to you, man. Likewise, Joe. Good to see you and talk to you, brother. Yeah, right on. Well, good luck with everything and uh, stay in touch. You too, man. You take care out here. All right. See ya. Peace. That's the show. Thanks for listening. You can find Satoyo on Twitter and Instagram at S-E-T-O-I-Y-O-1. And his podcast is Them Boys, which you can follow on Twitter at Them Boys Pod. Again, you can watch the new video and subscribe to my channel on YouTube. Search Radicalize Me, same name as the podcast. Right after we're done here, you're going to hear my new Christmas song, Overthrow Santa Claus. A little socialist holiday humor in there for you. You can find the lyric video for that song on my other YouTube channel, Joe Messina. And you can find the track on all music platforms. Uh, I am. I will be linking to uh, a Patreon. We have that now, and uh, you can donate directly at fucking uh, Anchor.fm/slash/RadicalizeMe. That's it. Talk to you soon. I wanna rip his greeny fucking paws Off the profits from the labor of the elves and the reindeer I wanna overthrow Santa Claus I wanna rip his greedy fucking paws Off the profits from the labor of the elves and the reindeer Let's overthrow Santa Claus Let's charge him under labor laws Wanna take that fucker to the Hague Seize the workshop on Christmas Day Santa makes you think that he's so full of joy But he's got a PR team, gotta sell those toys but Don't forget, he made you live in the company town This is what he gets, let's burn this mother down I wanna overthrow old St. Nick, no overtime and no paid sick he outsources to Mexico It's been too long, it's time to go We're gonna overthrow Santa Claus gonna trade Kris Kringle for Karl Marx Elf workers of the world will fight Happy Labor Day and to all a good night Santa likes to say one big family But his surveillance state Watch as you sleep The elves are pissed And they're done saying please 
Look out, oh shit We called the North Pole Police Gonna fuck shit up for Father Christmas Tell Mrs. Claus about his mistress Come on brothers and be sisters Come and join the snowshalees Doesn't overthrow St. Nicholas Let's kick his jolly fucking ass People's Republic of the North Pole Is taking back what capital stole Elves have signed their union cards They're ready for standoff all heavily armed There's no power grip